what I'm about to preach on has probably been one of the greatest things about the Holy Spirit that has helped me on a daily basis. This attribute of the Holy Spirit has, has helped me, it helps me every day, and I believe by the end, he's going to help you too. But let's look at John chapter 14, and then we will get this party started. John chapter 14, starting in verse 25. You got it in your notes, and you got it on the screen, so we can read it together. It says, these things I've spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, who is it? The what? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And what does it say? Bring to your remembrance. Underline that if you actually have a Bible. Uh, underline that. Bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Father, we pray that you would take this word. And you would do what only you can do, God. We thank you for this today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Hey, do I have any, uh, any forgetful people in the house? Any forgetful people in the house? How many of you have forgot a birthday? Raise your hand. How many of you forgot an anniversary? Don't raise your hand. Um, your wife just nudged you because she knew she forgot it already. Uh, how many of you are the type, you just, you put reminders all over the house? Reminders are just everywhere. Maybe, how many iPhone reminders? Put phones, got to have Siri reminding you a bunch of stuff all the time. How many of you use, go old school and you got sticky notes? Come on, st sticky notes. My wife is a sticky noter everywhere. Sticky notes all over the place. Sticky notes, uh, she put sticky notes on the boys if they would stick um, to remind them we got to do, we got to do, got to do something with this. Um, how many of you have ever had really bad experiences where you forgot something really big? Uh, I mean, talking about like really big, like a child at school. Um, Miss Myra, who's here, would re recall this. I've, I, I left Josiah at preschool uh, in Miss Myra's class when he was four. And uh, Lindsay called me and said, hey, how did he go with Saya? And I'm like, oh, hold on. <laughs> Wait, I got a call. I'll call you back. <laughs> Rushed off to uh, First Baptist. And, and, of course, Josiah's sitting in there with Miss Myra back in her class. And I'm getting in there, and, and I pick him up. And, and he's like, why are you here, Dad? I'm having fun. I'm like, oh, okay, well, great. Nice. Awesome. Miss Myra's fuming. No, I'm joking. Uh, I forgot a kid before. Uh, I Hey, this is a more recent one, actually. So last weekend, my wife preached in Eunice, which she did a phenomenal job, by the way. If you haven't listened to that message, it's great. She had like 80 downloads in the first 24 hours. I was like, I'm going to let you preach all the time now. Um, but it was really good. If you haven't heard that message, great. But let me give you a little backstory of what happened. So Saturday night, uh, I'm, I'm helping her get some of the notes together, and I had to come up to the church to get the notes for the church, and so I came up here, and she said, hey, by the way, just make sure you print my message um, for when you go print the notes, and that way I can have them when I go, so I was like, okay, so I came to the church, it was late, it was like midnight, came, did all the, did all the notes, hole punched everything, and I got back to the house, and it's, like I said, it's after midnight, and I kind of stroll in, and I'm, I'm ready, just, I'm just like exhausted, and she said, hey, where's my message? I said, oh, shoot, um, I was like, okay, listen, I forgot but here's the cool thing. The Eunice campus has a printer. So when I get there, we'll just print it right when we get there and you'll, you'll have your notes. So she's a little frustrated with me, of course, and said, okay. And she's reading it on her iPad and all this stuff. So I get to the Eunice campus. Okay. 
And, and so I go to print their, her message, and the printer's broke. I am in deep, deep trouble. She's not there yet. And, I, and, and so I grab one of our elders, and I say, do you have a printer at your house? And he says, yes, I do. I said, you need to be my hero. You need. So I emailed his wife her message and hurried up. And so Lindsay strolls up to the campus. The, the wife's not there with the message yet. So Lindsay strolls up to the campus, and I'm on stage practicing with the worship team. And she said, hey, where's my message? <laughs> and the look you should have seen was priceless. Uh, needless to say, uh, the message got there, and she knocked it out of the park. So we're all good. And I was redeemed. <laughs> but I forgot some stuff. And I don't know if you forgot some stuff, but uh, I forgot some things. And the, the Bible talks about, specifically in this chapter, about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit not only will teach you things, but it will also remind you of things. And so the title of my message today is called The Reminder. You could also call it maybe the divine reminder or the holy reminder. But we have a reminder. And, and uh, how many of you husbands in here, your wife is your reminder? Uh, okay, come on, how many testament to that, okay? Always remind you, if they go out on a girl's night, you're getting like three texts. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. I have a reminder. Hey, let me just tell you this. You can look at your wife and say, the Holy Spirit's even better than you in reminding. Reminding, the Holy Spirit is a reminder. Now, you can't pull the Holy Spirit on her when she's trying to remind you something. The Holy Spirit will tell me. Yeah, right, I'm going to tell you, all right? So the Holy Spirit is a reminder. And there's a bunch of different kind of type of reminders. I just kind of was thinking about the different types of reminders that you have. Um, you got your unnecessary reminders. Uh, any of you husbands, uh, when you got married, your wife was trying to remind you on how to cook. And you're like, I know how to cook. I, I cook before you. I can cook with you. I can cook without you. We got, I, I, can know, I know how to cook. Right, how many of your kids are telling you how to do things? And uh, how many of your kids tell you how to do things and you think that's absolutely ridiculous? You think I don't know how to do this? I, know, I, I brought you into this world. I take you out of this world. So you got some unnecessary reminders. How do you know about those annoying reminders? The most annoying reminder in the world. What is the most annoying reminder in the world? Your morning alarm. Can I get a witness? Who hates the morning alarm? Okay, now let's just find a poll here. How many of you are the snooze at least once after the annoying reminder? How many of you are multiple, multiple snoozes? Okay, how many of you, the, you don't even need an alarm because you just get up? We hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I didn't even want to talk about this morning. This morning, Lindsay's like, what time are you get up? I told her. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. So there's those annoying reminders. How about the, uh, <laughs> how about the payback reminders? I, I remember... Uh, how many of you were like this when you were out in public, your parents maybe didn't spank you in public, but they threatened you with a spanking at home? So like you went out and your dad would look at you and go, you're going to get a spanking when you get home. And the whole ride home, come on, how many of you remember that? The whole ride home, you are praying, beseeching the throne for the God that your dad would forget. God, let him forget, let him forget, let him forget, let him forget. And you get home and he forgets, but you have a brother. Any of y'all have these? <laughs> dad, you remember when? And he's like grinning the whole time as your dad's like dragging you to the room. He's like, <laughs> it's, it's what I call a backfire reminder. The worst is whenever you do it back to them. The last but not least is savings remind, saving reminders. And this is 
the type of reminder I want to talk about today because I believe that there are some reminders that literally save your soul and save you. And these are specifically the job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, is going to do this one today, I believe. And so let's talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit and how he reminds us and what he reminds us of. But first, before we do that, let's talk about our mind, the human mind. If you're taking notes with me, uh, write this down. Our human mind is selective and defective. Our human mind is selective and it's defective. Have you ever noticed how you remember the things that are not important and forget the things that are most important? Anybody in here do that? You remember the things that are not important at all. Things that you shouldn't even remember. And the things that are most important, you forget. It, I, I'll, I'll show you how this works. It, I, this is a perfect example of how this works. If you were raised in the 90s like I was and you watched TV shows in the 90s, this is, this is, this is useless stuff that you remember. Okay? Finish this with me. Um, in West Philadelphia, born and raised, <laughs> chilling on Max and relaxing all cool and shooting some b-ball out of school and on a couple of guys. They were up to no good. Started making trouble in the neighborhood. I got one little fight. My mama got scared. She said, Okay. Some of you are too old. You don't know what we're talking about. But how many of you know what I'm talking about? Fresh Prince in the house. Uh, we can go off. I can do a lot of TV shows here. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I just start them. And you could finish them for me. Useless stuff that we remember. Movies that we remember. Things that don't make any sense at all, we remember. Now, we're to start doing that with Scripture, might be a little different. Because we tend to remember the things that are least important and forget the things that are most important, and that's because our human mind is selective and it's defective. One of the things about as you grow older is there is a chance, and it probably will happen, that you will start losing memory. Happens all the time with people start forgetting things. Um, I'm getting older and I'm doing it. It's already starting. But your mind is defective. It, it will go. I, I don't know about you, but I pray all the time, God, as I grow older, just keep my mind. Keep my mind. My body starts going down. It's all right. Keep my mind. I want my mind. But our, our human mind, it's selective and it's defective. And just like as we grow older, we lose our natural memories we also lose spiritual memories as we get older in Christ. Spiritual growth, I think, oftentimes is less about the new things that we learn, and it's more about the things that we should be remembering. A lot of times we think we need to learn a lot more, but the truth is we just need to remember a lot more. This uh, is kind of wild. This past week, Bridget, who's our finance director and OSC Kids director and any other director she does, she does a little bit of everything. She came up to me and she said, oh, you wouldn't believe it. I said, what? She said, last week, Pastor Bubba was talking about, or last week or two weeks ago, Pastor Bubba was talking about how, you know, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came down, that the, when the church was getting persecuted, they prayed not that the persecution would go away, they prayed that they would get more bold. And she said, I thought that was just such incredible revelation. She said, until I went back and looked at my notes of a message you preached three years ago, and it said the same thing. I said, oh, man, we're busted. We're preaching the same thing <laughs> over and over. We're caught. I, I'll be honest with you. A lot of times we, we preach the same way, same things. We just keep repackaging it in a different way. But it's the same thing over 
and over and over. How many of you say the same thing over and over and over to your children? Over and over. Any moms in the house should be saying a big amen to that one. Over and over. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. Don't do that. That'll hurt you. Stop. I told you so. Stop. I told <laughs> Why? Because we forget. And just like we forget in the natural, we forget in the spiritual. So guess what? We're going to keep reminding you of the gospel every Sunday you come in. Jesus loves you. 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 He wants the best for you. He wants you to give your life to him. He wants to use you. Jesus loves you. And, and can I say this? Maybe you came today and you wanted to learn something new about God. But, hey, here's the question. All the things that you've been learning new about God over the past months and weeks that you've been coming to this church, what have you done with it? Because if you're not obedient to what you're already learning, then why would you want to learn more stuff? It's just like any good school grade teacher. They're going to keep going through the same thing until you get it. And when you get it, we'll move on to the next lesson. So that's why we really do series for four or five weeks, because you need to keep hearing the same thing over and over and over and over. We need to hear it over and over and over. And maybe the reason Jesus came today, or that you came today, and that Jesus has called you today is because the Holy Spirit wants to remind you of something you already know. That's why we actually give you sermon notes. Because you're not that smart. <laughs> How many of you have ever gone to a sermon, heard a sermon, like, oh, that was really good, and then you leave for lunch? I mean, we're not talking about, like, next week. We're talking about an hour later at lunch. You're like, what did he say? I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> That's why we give you notes. I, I, I got a big revelation of this. Thankfully, earlier in my years, when I first started preaching, because I wasn't a big note taker, and, I, and uh, I, man, God just nailed me. And I just remember the Holy Spirit telling me, why would I give you more revelation when you don't do anything with the revelation I already gave you? Why would I teach you more and more stuff if you don't write down and keep what I've already told you? Because he would tell me something and then I'd just forget it. And so God today, I think, wants to remind us of some things and... and this is what he wants to remind you. Here's three things that I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to remind you today. Let's, let's take some notes together. Number one, Holy Spirit wants to remind you that focusing on your burdens is the quickest way to forgetting God's blessings. Focusing on your burdens is the quickest way to forgetting God's blessings. Let's look at an actual passage in Scripture of this actually happening. David, the psalmist, was just in a funk. In a, have you ever just been in a funk? Just in a funk, in a stuck, in a rut, in a place, just couldn't get out of. Psalms 103, read with this with me. What does it start off with? What's its first three words? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. You might want to underline that. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And what does it say? Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Now, he's going to begin to list all the things that God's done for him. Who forgives all our iniquity. Who heals all our diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with a steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with, with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Come on, when you focus on the burden, the quickest way to forget God's blessings you rehearse the burdens, you rehearse the burdens instead, instead of rejoicing in the benefits, rejoicing in the blessings. And God wants to remind you today of his goodness, his goodness that he's shown you. Instead of us saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, we say, pity me. 
pity me. Technically, we say curse the Lord. Because when we're not blessing him, we're cursing him. And so we, we forget all of the things that God has done because of the fact that whatever is going on in our life right now is more important than everything that he's ever done for us. So instead of blessing the Lord for all the things that he's done for us, we forget about that so quickly because we focus on the burden. My marriage is a burden. This job is a burden. This financial situation is a burden. And instead of realizing that God has been such a blessing and so faithful and so good, and he's, he's, he's never fails. We don't focus on that, though, do we? We focus on the burden. When you focus on the burden, you forget the blessing. But can I say this? When you focus on the blessing, you forget the burden. It flips, too. We focus on it. Let's look at another passage. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. And when the Lord your God... Now, let me, let me set this up. So the Israelites have been freed. They were, in a, they were in slavery. The Hebrews were in slavery in Egypt for years under such torment and torture. God brought Moses in. Moses said, let my people go. And then he said, no. And he said, here's some locusts. And he said, no. He said, here's some. I've read this story because I read it to my boys this week. So I'm just replaying it. We reenacted the whole thing. Frogs and boils. That was a nice one. Gave them hemorrhoids. <laughs> and come on, how many after hemorrhoids, you'd be like, okay, the people can go. Pharaoh, man, he's stubborn. Stubborn. Had to have his son get killed. Anyways, so God's done all that. God's freed them. God's delivered them. God's brought them. God's led them by fire at night. He's led them by a cloud by day. There's bread falling from the sky. They walk through water. Okay, so let's see what happens. Deuteronomy 6, verse 10. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you, you, watch this. Watch what happens. You didn't build it. And houses full of all goods that you didn't fill, and cisterns that you didn't dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you didn't plant. And when you eat and when you are full, then take care lest you what? Come on, let's say it out loud. Take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. How many times have we forgotten how many times God's forgiven us? One person offends you, you get all fashed, and now you are all mad at them. You can't forgive them, and yet you forgot how many times you've come before God and said, God, please forgive me. And yet he has. How many times have, have you been in a financial crisis and gone freak out mode and forget how many times God's delivered you and been your provider? How many times? How many times has God been faithful and been good to you? How many times have you forgot that you begged God for that job and he gave you the job and now you're complaining about it? How do we forget that we are the ones who prayed for the job, God gave it to us, and now we're on the flip side complaining about it? It's because we forget. It's because we focus on the burden. We forget his blessings. Um, Joel, our youngest, is now in this stage where everything's not fair, and when you say no, he automatically assumes, like, he's never gotten it. So he'd be like, I want Coke tonight. No, no Coke tonight. You got water. I never get Coke. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So the other day, he's watching, we have a, 
we've gone to Disney World a couple times now, and, and, and so we have a, the Disney World DVD uh, that shows all of Disney World, and so him and the boys are watching Disney World DVDs. That's so boring to watch a place that you're not at, but <laughs> I mean, like, how, how terrible is that? Like, I'd love to be there. So Joel's like, oh, we're going to Disney World. And I go, son, we, I don't have the money to go to Disney World. And he's like, we never go to Disney World, huh? <laughs> so I kindly get down to him <laughs> and say, we've never gone to Disney World, huh? Have you, have you forgot? Have you, okay, listen, I haven't forgot that hell place that was on fire that I had to go and spend and walk 10 miles to be with you, to help you, to give you all the stuff that you wanted, to buy that goofy that you cried for. We've never been to Disney World. What? We've never been. I stood in the two-hour line with you for the ride that for you to be able to enjoy. We paid the money for you to go. And you, wait, you what? Got to put them in the place, remind them. You've been there. I got pictures of you at Disney World. Do I need to show you pictures? <laughs> we've been at Disney World two or three times. We've been to Disneyland. We've, we've, we've been there. I've never been to Disney World, huh? <laughs> never been, please. See, here's the deal. Just because you can't remember doesn't mean it didn't happen. God never faithful, huh? <laughs> God never heals me, huh? Well, just because you didn't see it didn't mean it didn't happen. God never protects me, huh? Well, when you were texting and God made that car stop because you weren't seeing it, you didn't see that, but you could have been killed, huh? God's not good to me, huh? Really? You want to go there? We focus on the burden and forget his blessings. And the Holy Spirit wants to remind you today of his blessings. Can we stop complaining and start rejoicing? Let's just rejoice for God's been good. Listen, maybe you don't have a lot. Maybe it's been a tight season. Maybe it's been a rough year. I know a few things about a rough year. It sucks. But God's still good. He's still faithful. He's still a provider. He's still a provider. He's still good. He's still a friend. Husbands, maybe you forgot why your wife was so amazing when you were dating her. She's not as amazing anymore. Why is that? It's not because she didn't get not amazing. It's because you forgot about it. Now, maybe she is a little crazy. But like we always said, you married crazy. <laughs> so if she's crazy, you love crazy. But my prayer today is that, that the Holy Spirit would remind us of the blessings more than the burdens. That the Holy Spirit would remind you of this day by day. That we would start remembering his faithfulness, his protection, his love, his provision. Number two. Holy Spirit wants to remind you that remembering what Jesus has done will build your faith in what he can do. Remembering what Jesus has done will build faith and what he can do. The disciples were notorious for forgetting. Let's read about it. Mark chapter 8. Now, let me set this up yet again. Mark chapter 8, 
Jesus is about to feed 4,000 people. Two chapters before, Mark Mark chapter 6, Jesus had already fed 5,000 people. So this is the second time. It's not the first, it's the second. Watch what happens. So Jesus feeds the 4,000. They get in a boat to leave, and he starts having this conversation with the guys. Now, they had, what? Forgotten to bring bread. And they, they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, now this is Jesus, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, what? Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not perceive or understand? Are you hard, heart hardened, having eyes? Do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And what's the next line? Do you not remember? When I broke, now he's going to list what happened. Here, okay, you can't remember? Let me just refresh your, like I did with Joel. Let me refresh your memory here. Huh? We got no bread, huh? <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me tell you something. When I break, oh, excuse me. When I broke, well, I'm going to read up here. When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, talking about Mark chapter 6, how many baskets full of bread, uh, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? Jesus had already fed 5,000 people. They took up 12 extra baskets after that miracle. Jesus just fed 4,000 people. They took up seven more baskets after. And we're talking about with just a few loaves. He multiplied it all. They had seven more baskets. And let's get this. They're freaking out because they got one loaf of bread in the boat with 13 guys. And they just came from the miracle where he had a couple loaves and fed 4,000. Do you not see the hilariousness of the scene? I had a couple loaves here. We fed 4,000 people. We had seven baskets full left. We only got one piece of bread. I don't know what we're going to do. Are you serious? Like if I'm Jesus, I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's like Sunday mornings. You come, you get filled, you get refreshed, and then like Sunday afternoon, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You walked out of here full of faith, expecting. (laughs) You know why? Because you leak. We leak. We need our faith built daily because you leak. You're like a strainer. You fill it up real fast, you're like, ah! <laughs> Come on, isn't that what you're like? It's like real quick. You like feel great for a minute, and there's like all these holes. You're like, oh my God. And the way you patch those holes is remembering what Jesus has done. Because you remember what Jesus has done, he plugs the holes. Because he builds faith for what he can do and what he is doing. 
He builds faith in you. This, let, me, let me tell you, this is why we start the service with worship. Do y'all, do y'all understand what worship, worship's not just singing some songs. When we stood up here and we said, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. We're not singing that because God needs us to say, God, I just love you. And God's like, oh, good, they love me. So glad they love me. We sing it because we're singing it to ourselves. We're declaring to ourselves how much he loves us. And what are we doing? We're building our own faith. God, you are a healer. God, you are faithful. You've never once left us. You sing songs like this. You're not singing songs like this because God needs you to sing these songs. You're singing these songs to your soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. He is faithful, oh my soul. He loves me, oh my soul. Because how many know your soul is weak and your soul has holes and it drains and your faith leaks. And so you need to come into a place. And that's why we always say, man, don't leave this place and only get your Jesus fix on Sundays. People treat Sundays like it's my Jesus fix. Well, your Jesus fix is done by Monday. You need Jesus every day. Every day. Man, that's why worship is so powerful. And we were in the hospital. I listened to more worship in the hospital because I just had to keep building my faith. Speaking these words of life over myself and over our son and over our situation. Because when you forget what Jesus has done for you, you lose faith in what he can do. Some of you have no faith in what he can do because you've lost your memory of what he's done. And because you lost memory for what he's done, you can't believe for what he can do. But if you will, if you'll remember, and here's the great thing, the Holy Spirit will help you do this. The Holy, ask, just ask him, Holy Spirit, remind me of what you've done. Holy Spirit, remind me of what Jesus has done for me. Remind me. And when you do that, you, there's, there's an increased faith that builds up inside of you to go, that we can do this. Lost my job. So, so, God's faithful, he's faithful, got a diagnosis that says my son's going to die in a year, so, I, I serve the healer of all healers, I serve the king of all kings, I serve the man who can speak things into existence, who cares, what do I have to worry about, he's the father that's a provider and lover and friend, so we speak those things to our souls, because our souls, they, they get weary. How many have had weary souls? How many have a weary soul? You need to speak that to yourself. It's not, it's not and, it, and here's the deal, it's, it's not, we're not doing a mantra or a chant like some other religions where you're going to chant yourself to, to being super spiritual now because you've chanted yourself. No, we're reminding ourselves what Jesus has done, not what you've done. We're not saying, oh, I'm awesome. I'm just good. No, you're not awesome. He is. He's awesome. But he lives in you, so he makes you awesome. I'm preaching a lot better than you're responding. <laughs> just, just saying. Number three. Let's wrap this. Holy Spirit wants to remind you that forgetting your failures only happens when you are reminded of your righteousness. Forgetting your failures only happens when you're reminded of your righteousness. When I spend too much time remembering what God wants me to forget. See, here's the deal. We are always trying to remember the things that God wants us to forget, and we're forgetting the things that God wants us to remember. 
The things that God wants us to forget, we're constantly remembering. What does God want you to forget all the time? Your sin, your sickness, your failures. When you, when you constantly spend all your time remembering what God wants you to forget, you can't remember what Jesus has done. Because I can't forget what I've done. God has a selective memory. I talked about how our human mind is selective and defective. Here's the cool thing. God has a selective memory, but it's not defective. It is selective, though. Let me show you. Isaiah chapter 43. Let's read this together. Isaiah 43, verse 16 and 19. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariots and horses and armies and warriors. They lie down, they rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Verse 18, remember, remember, remember not what? Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. He says, don't remember the past. Behold, I am doing what? What is he doing? A new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now skip to verse 25. I, I, he didn't stutter. I, I am he, watch this, who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not what? Will not remember your sins. That's a really good verse. That's a really good verse. See, God can't remove your old memories, but he can replace them. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me what I would be without you. How many of you have ever watched Lion King? Y'all seen that movie? How many of y'all remember the part where Simba is running from his calling? Dad dies, runs from his calling, meets Timon and Pumbaa. They sing some songs, hang out, have a good time. But now his kingdom is going to the pot. All right? And so Mufasa, his father, has died. His scar has taken over. Just telling all the Disney plot here. Scar has taken over. The land is desert. All things gone. And so they, he, he's out in the water, and his father visits him in a dream. One of the, it's one of the most powerful parts of the whole movie. Mufasa tells his son, remember who you are. Remember, remember. Then Rafiki shows up, crazy monkey with a stick, and beats him over the head <laughs> with a stick. God may be doing that today. And Rafiki tells him, this is what Rafiki tells him. Your father's alive because he lives in you. Can I tell you today, Jesus is alive and he lives in you. And he wants to remind you today that your righteousness is because of his righteousness. That you're alive because he's alive. And your identity is wrapped in him, not in anybody else. So I don't know what you've done in your past, but he is your righteousness. Look at this, John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, this is Jesus talking, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who is the helper? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, look what's going to happen. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Now, here's the deal. Now, you need to tune in on this part. I always thought that God convicted us of sin by showing us our shame. But God doesn't convict believers of sin. 
He reminds us of our righteousness. Let me show you how this works. In the world's view, the way you're convicted of what you did wrong is by shaming you. You did this. I can't believe you did that. You're no good. You're this. You're that. You're that. Let me show you how Jesus convicts of sin. He doesn't convict of sin. He reminds you who you are. And in that, you're convicted of your sin. He says, you're not that. You're new in me. That's not you. That's not you. You're a new creation. You have new thoughts. Those thoughts aren't my thoughts. Those, what you're, what's coming out of your mouth, that's not you. That's not you. You're new. You're new in me. You are righteous. God's righteousness is what propels us to a holy life, not shame. Let me show you how this works. When your children disobey you, now if you've been raised in this type of home, then you probably repeat this. And, and all of us have done this. I've done this. When your kids do something that you told them not to do, one of the ways that you want to get them to obey you is to shame them. I can't believe you did that. How dare you do that in front of public, in front of people? You are, and then fill in the blank. You should have, fill in the blank. And you think by doing that, your kids now will obey you because they're afraid of you. You do that again and I will, you fill in the blank, right? Thank God Jesus doesn't do that to us. Jesus doesn't motivate obedience based off of shame and guilt. Jesus motivates obedience based off of righteousness. How miserable is that to be in a relationship with a parent or an authority where the only way they can get you to obey is by shaming you? And so your whole reason for not wanting to do what you're doing is because you just don't want to get shamed. Well, that's not obedience. I don't want my kids to obey me because they're afraid of me. Josiah, why did you not, you normally used to do that. Oh, I'm scared you're going to beat me. Is that real obedience? And let me ask you this, is that real love? Because true love should be, Dad, I didn't do it because I just love you. And I know that that's not me. And Jesus wants you to know that the quickest way you'll forget your failures is by remembering your righteousness. And the quickest way to remember your failures is to forget your righteousness. Let me show you. There's a guy in the, I'll wrap up with this. There's a guy in the New Testament that was a disciple named Peter. Peter's first name was Simon, which means shifty or small pebble. Jesus shows up on the scene. Jesus says, I'm changing your name. It's not Simon anymore. You're going to be called Peter, which means rock, means firm foundation. And Jesus tells them at the Last Supper, right before Jesus dies, that he's going to deny him three times. He looks at Peter and says, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, no, I won't. I'm not going to deny you. He said, yeah, you will. You're going to deny me three times. He says, no, I'm not. I'm not going to deny you three times. Well, we know the story. What happens? Denies him three times, right? I want to read. I want I want you to see something that I just saw this week. How many of you know that this was probably one of the most painful moments in his life? 
What he said he would not do, he did. How many of you have ever done that? God, I won't ever do that again. Ah, oh, I did it again. Next week, I'll never do it. Ah, oh, I did it again. Watch this. Watch what happens. Luke chapter 22, verse 59. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. There, this was the third time that he denied him, denied Jesus. Now watch what happens. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. Is that what it says? We skipped a part, didn't we? Hmm. See, I've always been taught that when the rooster crowed on the third time, Peter remembered his sin. But that's not the case. Reading it this week, watch what happens. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. It wasn't the rooster that, that made Peter remember. It was the look of Jesus that made Peter remember. And can you imagine? He denies him. And Jesus is there beat. And Jesus looks over at him. Let me ask you this. What do you think that look was like? <sighs> what do you think Jesus' look was like to Peter? You know what I think it was? His heart was broken. Let me ask you, what look do you give your kids? I know which one I do. I have to repent of it a lot. I want to show you what happens. So Peter weeps bitterly. Most painful moment. And Jesus dies. Jesus rises again. And Jesus shows up on the scene. And the first time that Jesus meets with Peter, I'm not, we're not going to go to it, but the first time P Jesus meets with Peter <clears throat> is when he's fishing. Peter thought that he didn't, couldn't follow Jesus anymore, so he went back to what he did before, which was fishing, which is what we all do, right? When we feel like we failed God, we just go back to what Jesus freed us from. So he went back to fishing. And Jesus shows up while he's fishing. And the first conversation that Jesus has with him, you would think, if it would be us, would be, I told you so. Right? I told you so. I told you you would do that. What were you thinking? How could you deny me? I've, I've been with you three years, and I've done all this stuff for you. How in the world could you do this to me? Does he do that? No, the first thing that Jesus shows up on the scene, and he sees Peter, you know what he first, and the first thing he tells him? Peter, do you love me? Peter says, of course I love you, Jesus. And then you know what he does again? Peter, do you love me? Of course I do. And then he says it a third time. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? How many times did he ask him how many loves him? Three times. 
Now, I want to show you what happens. In Acts chapter 2, Peter gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and what was, he was scared of just the littlest of girls. He's now preaching to thousands. Why? Because he got filled with what? Holy Spirit. And in 1 Peter is a book that Peter wrote, and it's nearing the end of his life. 30 years <coughs> have passed, and this is what he writes in 2 Peter verse 1, and we will end with this. Well, actually, we can have the worship team come up. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3, says this. This is Peter now. Remember, all this stuff about Peter. He says, his divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and with virtue, knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness. Sounds a lot like the fruits of the Spirit, huh? And steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Listen to me. God wants to remind you today of some promises. He wants to remind you today of your sin. Not by showing you your sin, but by showing you your righteousness. Now, let, let me say this. If you're not a Christian, if you're not saved, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If you are not in Christ, if you have not submitted your life to Christ, you are in condemnation. The reason you feel shame and guilt is because that's what sin brings. It brings shame and guilt, and you feel the weight of that. And Jesus, in his love, is drawing you out of that. He wants to draw you out of that and give you a righteousness that's not your own, give you a new, new you that's not your own. That's because of what he's done for you. And I pray today that you would remember that in forgetting your failures, the way you forget your failures is you constantly remind yourself of Jesus' righteousness. I am a new creation in Christ. I am a new person in Christ. I am pure and holy in Christ. Not because of you, but because of Christ and what he's done. And today some of you walked in and you're focused on your burdens and you're focused on your failures and you're focused on all those things that are going on and the Holy Spirit wants to come and, and lovingly remind you that Jesus is your righteousness, that Jesus is your hope, that Jesus has been good to you, that Jesus is faithful, that Jesus is where you need to put your trust and your hope. And, and you need to lean heavy on him. And if, if you will receive his righteousness, he'll give that righteousness to you. And when he looks to you, he doesn't see failures and sin and, 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 and shame. He sees newness. He sees hope. He sees life. He sees Jesus. It's the goodness of the gospel. It's the great news that we declare to the world that you can be new in Christ. You can be new in Christ. So my prayer today and for every day is that the Holy Spirit will remind you about his blessings. The Holy Spirit will remind you of what Jesus has done. The Holy Spirit will remind you of your righteousness. And in doing that, you'll forget your burdens, you'll forget your failures, you'll build your faith, 
that you can walk through anything. Amen. Um, I, 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 I want to just take a moment and just end with, if there's anybody in here that does not know Jesus. Now, here's the deal. I was raised in church my whole life, but I didn't know Jesus. I've learned that some of the people who have the most exposure to Jesus are the furthest from him. And some of the people who are the furthest from him are actually the closest to him. So there's some of you in here that feel really far, but I just want you to know Jesus is really close. And there's some of you who think you're really close and you're actually really far. Because you think that your closeness with God is because of how awesome you are. And so therefore you're far from him because the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So if you're here today, God's just been moving on your heart and you don't know why you came, or maybe you know why you came, but you came for a totally different reason. But during this whole message, God's just been doing stuff in you. He's been drawing you by the Holy Spirit. And he wants to give you new life today. I want us to do this. I want us just to bow our heads all across this room. And I want to give an opportunity for any person in here to make that declaration and say, I, I, man, I need Jesus. I need his righteousness. I've been living on my own, doing my own thing. And I realize that. And today, I want to know what it is to have peace, hope, and life in Christ. And if that's you today, would you all across this room, would you just lift up your hand right where you are? I want to acknowledge you. Okay, I see your hand. 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 Six. See your hand. Come on. Awesome. Awesome. Any more? New life in Christ for you. New life in Christ for you. Okay. The last one I want to pray for is those that walked in today. You've been focusing more on the burden than you have on the blessing. You've been focusing more on your failure than your righteousness in Christ. And you say, I need the Holy Spirit to help me, to remind me of my righteousness. I need the Holy Spirit to help me, to remind me of the blessings of God. And I need his help. If that's you, would you raise your hand all across this room? Come on. Hands all the way up. Awesome. 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 Come on. Jesus, we pray right now, Lord. We pray for each person in here. God, I, I lift up the people, Lord, that that raised their hand first, God, that just said, you know what, I, I don't know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe I know about him, but I've, I've never known him. Jesus, I pray right now in this service, right now, that they would sense an overwhelming flood of love and acceptance. God, that they would see that they repent of their sins. God, we repent of our sins. We repent of what we have done, Lord, that is that has turned you away from us. God, we repent of those today. And if that's you, just 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 tell the Lord, just God, I just repent. I repent. Repent of all that I've done, Lord, that's not been of you, God. And we accept your your free gift of salvation, God, that you give to us today. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you have been good to us. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you are our hope, that you are our life. Jesus, we give our lives to you today. God, come and be my Lord. Come and be my salvation. Come and give me a new life, a new start. God, I pray for those today, God, that have been so focused on their failures and so focused on the burdens of life, God, that they've forgot the blessings like we all do, God. So easy for us to forget how faithful you've been and how good you've been. God, that you've been our provider. You've been our forgiver. Lord, you've been our friend. You've been our counselor. Lord, you've helped our marriage. You've helped our children. You've given us jobs. Lord, you've given us resources. Lord, you've given us life and forgiveness. Lord, it's so easy to forget that. But remind us of all those things. Lord, remind each person specifically of what you've done in their lives, Lord. 
in order that you could build faith, God, for them to trust you even for more. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said,